You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. And welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker, and not joining me today is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. He and his wife are off being prepared for a special New Year's Eve celebration somewhere in parts unknown. But I will be joined very shortly by Mike Oliva, the founder and CEO of Dolphins Talk. And Mike and I go through our thoughts for the game coming up on Sunday between the Dolphins and the Bills with the playoffs on the line. But this is not an ordinary episode of the same old Dolphin show. And not just because my brother is not present and I'm doing the show with Mike. As Mike and I were recording, news broke that Ryan Fitzpatrick was not at practice for the Miami Dolphins on Thursday. And the Dolphins had promoted and signed Jake Rudock to the active roster. So in the middle of trying to preview the game, that news broke. And then sort of all hell broke loose from there as we found out that Ryan Fitzpatrick has tested positive for COVID-19. And as of Thursday is set to miss not only the Dolphins game on Sunday against Buffalo, but potentially any first round playoff game as well. So as that news kind of develops on this episode, you'll hear Mike and I reacting to it in real time and talking about the implications that this will have on the Miami Dolphins and what permutations may result because of that, whether it's other players being placed on the COVID list, and what does that mean for the game on Sunday? So we sort of get into all of that. It tends, it ends up being one of the stranger episodes of the show that you've ever heard, but I hope that you will enjoy it nonetheless. Before we dive into Aaron's segment, which he did record for us, again, way before any of this news broke, so it may be completely obsolete information, but we'll dive into it anyway, and we'll include that for you here in just a moment. A reminder, if you're not doing so already, to follow us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. Aaron is at Aaron the Brain. That's at A-A-Ron the Brain. And the show is on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. Additionally, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. And as always, make sure that you are going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever podcast platform that you use, and make sure to leave us a positive rating, leave us a review, and uh, it really helps us out. And make sure that you subscribe to the show as well. That's another really helpful thing to do. We're also on YouTube, youtube youtube.com. Do a search for Dolphins Talk. You can see the Dolphins Talk YouTube. We're going to be really um, starting to ramp up some more YouTube content as we get into the playoffs and the offseason. So um, we invite you to subscribe to the Dolphins Talk channel if you haven't done that 
yet. And of course, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, and it is the place to be for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. And of course, listen up, fellas, 2020 sucked. But It's New Year, New Balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering protection, precision-engineered tools for for your family jewels, and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. So if you let yourself go in 2020 while you're in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021 and they are here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job you can come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the lawnmower 3.0 which is waterproof and that skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends if you know what i mean It's also time to freshen up down there this new year with the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why not put some deodorant, uh, you know, down there? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK. Again, go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at checkout. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DOLPHINSTALK. Happy New Year to your balls. Your balls will thank you. And now, here is Aaron the brain. There's a Hello, Miami Dolphin fans, or should I say, hello to the people. This is Aaron the Brain, A-A-Ron the Brain, and this is my preview for the upcoming Week 17 matchup between your Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, a game that in all likelihood is a must-win For the Miami Dolphins, uh, if they want to make the playoffs this year, obviously there are some hopes, uh, even if Miami does happen to lose this game, but it looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to rest their players, and that means that the Cleveland Browns uh, will likely beat them. It doesn't look likely that the Colts or the Ravens would lose, but you never know. That said... If the Dolphins win, they're in, so that's what we need, and in all likelihood, that's uh, that's probably the best chance that the Dolphins have of getting in, because if they lose, they're probably not going to get in, and there's two big storylines coming into this game. The, the first one, obviously, is the quarterback situation coming out of that uh, game against the Raiders, where Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, gave the team the spark, came off the bench 
pulled the Fitz magic out of the hat, and the Dolphins ended up getting a miracle victory uh, to stay in their playoff position right now, coming in as the five seed heading into this weekend's action. It looks like uh, Tua is good. I mean, it doesn't look like it is. Brian Flores has been very clear that Tua is the starter, and and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the is the backup. And if needed, he'll he'll go to Fitzpatrick. But they're going to game plan for Tua to be the guy, and Tua is going to if he if he improves and he plays better, uh, he'll be the guy all the way through. But if they need to go to Fitz, they will go to Fitz. The other storyline is. Will the Buffalo Bills have something to play for? This far more fascinating and far more of an unknown uh, than the other storyline. I think that the fact that the Steelers have come out and they've very early in the week just were very clear and said, look, we're, we're resting our starters. We're getting ready for the playoffs. I think that makes things a little bit easier for Buffalo as far as deciding what they want to do. Now, look, you never want to assume what's going to happen in the in any game in the National Football League. There's a reason they they coined the phrase any given Sunday. There's a reason why uh that was uh a, such a great or not so great film with Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx. Uh but the, the reason is it's it simply just you just have to look at what happened last week when the Cleveland Browns had an outbreak of COVID and ended up uh, losing to those lowly New York Jets and kind of threw their playoff hopes, it, you know, kind of down the drain. So, look, if the Browns can lose to the New York Jets because their receivers had COVID, I mean, the Browns, even at full strength, could certainly lose to a Pittsburgh Steelers team uh, that is resting some starters. It could happen. I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but it could definitely happen. How it affects Miami is, personally, I don't think Buffalo had a lot to play for regardless, but now, even more so, with the, the Steelers going to rest their players, the Bills own the tiebreaker. If the Steelers lose... The Buffalo Bills have home fielded or have the number two spot locked up. There's really nothing to play for for the Buffalo Bills in this game. And then you throw in the factor that, look, you just look at last week and Cole Beasley got banged up in their last game. There is no need to risk an injury when you have such so little to gain. You have way more to lose than you have to gain in this. And then the other thing is, well, some people will say, well, they'll play the starters for a half. Or they'll play the starters and then they'll bring them out, but they're still going to have a great game plan coming into this game. And I say, no, no, that's not the way this works. That's the dumbest thing that the Bills can do. Because... You either play to win this game and you play all of your players and you put together the best game plan that you could put together and you try to win this game because you say, well, we've got this great momentum going and you approach this week the same way you've approached all of the previous weeks and you come in ready to blow the doors off of the Miami Dolphins or you you decide that 
it's not worth it. We're going to rest the starters. And when you do that, your team knows, and that's not to say that the that the Bills are not going to come out and play hard and try and compete and try to win, but it sends a message to your team that this is not an all important game. It's not a must win game. Heck, it's basically an exhibition game, and I find it hard to believe that the Bills won't come into this treating it as an exhibition game because that's essentially what it is for them. In all likelihood, they're going to be the number two seed regardless of what happens in this football game. So I think they just have far too much to lose if they go out and they play Josh Allen, particularly against the Miami Dolphins defense that can get after the quarterback and Josh Allen takes a shot to his leg and comes up injured or, or or nicked up, that greatly decreases their chances of making a Super Bowl run. And right now, the Buffalo Bills, you can make an argument, they are playing the best football in the entire league. And you can make an argument that they're one of uh, maybe three or four teams that could win the Super Bowl right now, or, or the three or four best teams in the league. I think there's a little bit more than three or four teams that could potentially win the Super Bowl, but I think the Bills are in that elite class. In the AFC, I really only think there's Kansas City, and then there's Buffalo, and I think that a team like Baltimore, uh, if if they get really everything rolling and they can put themselves in a position where they can play from ahead in games. I think Baltimore belongs in that class. And I think that's it as far as the AFC. On the NFC side, I think there's Green Bay. I think there's New Orleans. And then there's Seattle. And that's it. I think those six teams, those are your elite teams in the National Football League this year. One of those six teams is going to be hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy. And the Bills are one of those teams. So what that tells me... And what it should tell you is that we kind of need the Bills to rest their players coming into this game. Because if the Bills truly do approach this game as they have the last few, this is going to be an extraordinary test for the Miami Dolphins, no matter how bad they want it and no matter how well they play. Uh, Because quite frankly, look, we had our hands full against that Kansas City Chiefs team a few weeks ago. Right now, the Bills are playing much better football than the Chiefs have been playing for the past two months. And uh, to have them be in their season finale, uh, I say at home, but it's not. they're not going to have any fans in the stands, so I don't think that that necessarily matters. But the Dolphins haven't historically played well in Buffalo. Uh, the weather, not necessarily to their liking a team coming from Miami. So I think this is going to be an extremely difficult matchup for the Dolphins if the Bills come out and and really try to win. What I'll say is, if the if the Bills do come out and win, the way to attack this is, I, I like our odds a little bit better now that Byron Jones is going to play in this game. I think we match up a little bit better with their wide receivers. The fact that Cole Beasley is going to be likely out for this game. The fact that John Brown isn't there. Not quite as much speed out there for this Bills receiving core, which uh, I think bodes well for the Dolphins to not have a repeat of what happened the last time these two teams met. Uh, I also think that the Dolphins have done a really nice job 
in adjusting their defense as the season has gone on to account for running quarterbacks. You just saw it a few weeks ago against Cam Newton. I think they would employ a very similar game plan, although the this Bills offense is obviously far more explosive than that uh than that New England offense. Still, and, and Stefan Diggs is arguably the best receiver in the league right now. He's certainly having an MVP caliber season, although that, that, uh, distinction, that, that award tends to always go to a quarterback. But if a receiver could win that award, Stefan Diggs would be that receiver this year. He's having a truly phenomenal, phenomenal year. His speed, his quickness, his route running ability, uh, Right now, the combination of those uh, are, are really unmatched in the league, and he's got a great connection with Josh Allen. Uh, so it would be interesting to see. I don't think the Dolphins will necessarily shadow uh, Stefan Diggs because that hasn't been their style. Uh, but it it'll, it would certainly be fun to see uh, Stefan Diggs versus Xavier Howard, uh, likely the defensive player of the year versus the best wide receiver in football this season would be a really fun matchup. Uh, other than that, though, I, I look, I think the Dolphins, the, uh, they've got a run defense that uh, has been shaky at times, but ultimately has, has done a decent job uh, since that, since that, you know, real breakdown against Denver uh, a, a little more than a month ago. Uh, so I think we we can handle a Buffalo rushing attack uh, that, that really isn't anything special, whether it's Singletary or Moss. I, I think we handle that. Uh, and I, I think the Dolphins are built to, to contain an offense like Buffalo. On the other side of the ball, well, Two is going to need to be precise. You're going to need Devontae Parker back in this game. I think he's going to play. Uh, and I, I would expect that Devontae Parker will not only play, but he's going to be a huge part of the game plan. And I think he's going to have a big game. And I think two is going to have to play really well. But really, who I think needs to play really well, aside from the offensive line, of course, is Miles Gaskin. I think he is really... When you look at the Dolphins' success offensively over these last two games... The straw that has stirred the drink has been the running game, and that's the way it's going to be for the Dolphins to have success, whether it's this week, whether it's in the playoffs. For as long as the Dolphins are alive this season, they're going to need a running game in order to uh, get that offense going because they just don't have the weapons, even with Devontae Parker coming back. I think you're you're looking at a, a at a Mike Kosicki that's shaken up. I don't know that you're going to get a Devontae Parker that's at 100%. Jakeem Grant may or may not play in this game. Uh, obviously, Lynn Bowden has ha, you know has become a factor in the offense, but is he really like ready to be a huge factor? And then Mac Hollins is like he's he's putting up a commendable effort out there, but he's he's really a, a glorified special teams gunner that's playing wide receiver right now because the Dolphins just are out of options. I guess Isaiah Ford uh could could play a factor in this game, but really what it's going to be, it's going to need to be Miles Gaskin. And the thing is, one, I think the Bills are going to rest their starters, and two, I think Miles Gaskin is going to have a big game. I think the de- the defense is going to come up, and I think you're going to see a really spirited effort from the Miami Dolphins on both sides of the ball in this game in a must-win game. I think the Dolphins go into Buffalo and play a Buffalo team that is ready for the postseason and isn't going to take this game super seriously. 
I'm not saying they won't compete and make things a little interesting at times, but I think the Dolphins have their way with this game, and Miami wins this one 31-13. to We are back here on the same old dolphin show and joined now by a very special guest, the founder and CEO of dolphinstalk.com. You know him on Twitter as at dolphinstalk. He is Mike Oliva. Mike, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Happy New Year's. Happy uh, New Year to you. I mean, I can't believe this year's finally over. I'm happy it's over and I'm even more excited about this game this upcoming Sunday as this is why we watch football. This is why we root for this team for big games, big moments like this. And let's just hope it comes out in our favor. (laughs) Seriously. We've been saying, Brain and I have been saying for weeks on this show that it is so exciting to finally be in a situation where the Dolphins find themselves where each game is now bigger than the last. And I think it was really like the, the you really started to get that big game feel before that Chiefs game. And there was the hope of maybe there's a way that we can knock off the Chiefs here and create a big upset. And if we do win this game, it's going to put us on a really positive trajectory for the rest of the season. Of course, the Dolphins end up falling a little bit short in that game, but there are so many positives to take out of it. And then the way that the team has performed in the two games since then, it's now like, you know, the Dolphins find themselves in the driver's seat. All they got to do is win this game on Sunday and boom, in the playoffs. And if you had told us, you know, at the beginning of the season that the Dolphins would be in the thick of the playoff race come week 17 in a situation where all they had to do was to win to make the playoffs, any Dolphin fan would have bit your hand off for that opportunity. Absolutely. We all would have signed up for it. I didn't think it was going to happen back at the start of the year, for many reasons, mainly because we had a lot of new faces, we had a lot of rookies, they didn't have a training camp, mini camp, all that stuff. We had a new offensive coordinator. Uh, even on the other side of the ball, it was a new coordinator, but still on that side of the ball with Brian Flores, it's really his fingerprints over everything. Just so many new faces and so many new moving parts. I didn't think this was possible. I am so happy I was wrong. I am so happy we're in this spot now. And I actually think and I spoke about this with Ian Berger on our show on Thursday, if Miami gets into the playoffs, outside of Kansas City, there is no team they cannot beat. They are just they have just as good a chance as any team in the AFC outside of Kansas City. I put Kansas City on a whole other level and tier. But the rest of the AFC, whether it's Pittsburgh, the Bills, the Ravens, uh, Indianapolis, if they get in, and all those teams, the Titans, Miami can beat any one of those teams. The hard part is just ensuring we get into the dance. Because if we get right. in, I don't see this as a one and done type team. I think this team can win a game or maybe more. Absolutely. I think they they actually match up pretty well with most of the teams in the postseason. And quite frankly, because of the way that the Dolphins match up against Kansas City, and now that they've had the experience of going up against one of them, I would I would do you one better and say I think the Dolphins could actually knock off Kansas City. Would it be a monumental task to do that in Kansas City? Absolutely. But could it happen? 
Certainly. Well, you know, they say any given Sunday, on any given Sunday, if the Dolphins can get into the dance, anything can happen. We saw it a couple years ago. The Jacksonville Jaguars were, you know, within a hair of making it to the Super Bowl. And last year was the Tennessee Titans who were surprising everybody with a surprising playoff run. Who's to say that this year couldn't be the Miami Dolphins? But to get there, Everybody knows the playoff scenarios by this point. We've been over them a million times. There's this combination of four events that have to go the wrong way for the Dolphins to end up outside of the playoffs. Unfortunately, beyond the Dolphins and the Bills, the one situation that they control, most of those situations are unlikely to happen. But just to quickly review, if the Browns, Colts, or uh, Ravens lose on Sunday and the Dolphins defeat and the Dolphins fail to beat the Bills, but one of those other teams loses, the Dolphins will get into the playoffs. The easiest thing to do, go into Buffalo and beat the Bills. So let's talk about what the Dolphins are going to need to do to make that happen, Mike. We know at this point, Sean McDermott is playing his cards pretty close to the vest and is not really revealing his hand as far as what he's going to do with his starters in this game. We know at this point that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have announced that they are going to be resting Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph is going to start in their week 17 game at Cleveland. So I think it's likely that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are not going to be on the field on Sunday and that the Bills are going to give them a rest or that if they do play, they play in a sort of limited fashion just because the risk reward is just so skewed. And the brain talked about this in his segment where the risk reward factor is just so skewed. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for Buffalo to go completely balls to the wall here in an attempt to win this game for the two seed. And, and, and it is for that reason that I think the Dolphins can actually be kind of grateful that the two seed doesn't get a buy this year, because if this was a different situation, a non-COVID year, we'd be looking at a very different playoff picture here. And the Bills would absolutely be running out their first team on Sunday. As it stands, it looks like it's going to be a little bit different. So we'll start on the defensive side of the ball because that's where the Dolphins are strongest. And I think at this point, optimistically, it's where the Dolphins are going to look most different. Well, maybe not maybe not most different, but they're going to look different from the team that faced Buffalo earlier in the season when Byron Jones went out on the very first play. So in your mind, Mike, what do the Dolphins need to do defensively to shut down, whether it's Josh Allen or, or Matt Barkley and Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, who is probably unlikely going to play? But what, what do the Dolphins need to do defensively to take control of this game against Buffalo on Sunday? Stop the run. Because the Bills, as you said, there's no real incentive this year to go balls to the walls to get that um, higher seat. Because in an empty stadium or in a – or it, now they're allowed 6,700 fans. There's no true home field advantage. So the Bills, right. if they play Josh Allen and some of their other stars just a little bit, they're going to treat it like a preseason game and they'll be out of the game before you know it. I think either way, they want to get this game over with. They know they're in the playoffs. They know they have a high seed. They want to get it over with. How do you get a game over with? You run the ball, keep the clock moving. And I think the Bills, whether they play you know, at wide receiver, they already uh, lost Cole Beasley last week. They didn't really lose him, but he got hurt. I doubt he'll play this week. I doubt they would even dress Stephon Diggs this week. It makes little sense. They're going to be weak at wide receiver, so I would expect them to rely on the running game. Miami has to be prepared for that, be able to stop the run. And it shouldn't be an issue because when you have guys like Howard and Jones in your secondary, it lets you be more aggressive up front, and I think that will be the case for the Dolphins. Elandon Roberts out for the rest of the season, unfortunately. Shouldn't be... 
it's a loss, don't get me wrong, but it's not one that's crippling. So I think they shouldn't have much issue stopping the run. Hopefully Shaq Lawson can go. Uh, that would be a big help. And, and you know, for him, returning to Western New York in this game would be very meaningful. So I just think if they stop the run, the Bills offense, they're going to get some points probably. But it won't be what we saw Monday night against the Patriots or what we've seen previous weeks when they're at full strength and they're all out. You know, that's a very talented offense. I don't think we see that group or anything resembling that group this week. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think even if we do see them put the pedal all the way to the floor and really try to do it, the Dolphins are going to look different this this week because, uh, you know, knock on wood, Byron Jones is going to be out there for the whole game and they're not going to be able to have Stephon Diggs taking advantage of poor Noah Igbenogany for the, for the length of the game and for him to go nuts all over the place. So I, I, I would agree with you. I think it does ultimately come down to making sure that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss don't beat you. Um, haven't seen a ton of Matt Barkley this year, but if he's in, you want to, hopefully he doesn't have that ability to beat you with his legs the same way Josh Allen does, because we know that that's something that the Dolphins have struggled against in the past. If, if Josh Allen is in there for a time and the 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 Bills do decide that they want to start those, uh, you know, start with their first team out there, then I think you've just got to, you've just got to keep it close you know, for as long as you can. And, you know, you hear these things all the time, like the Colts announced this week that we're not going to be announcing the scores of the out-of-town games uh, in the stadium. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, you think you got people that you don't have people up in the booth that know what's happening everywhere else and that that word's not going to filter down to the sideline. All the Dolphins need to do is keep this close and then hopefully – uh, you know, the, the Browns will maybe, you know, maybe the Browns take advantage and they're up early against the Steelers. The Bills decide, ah, oh, we're going to take our foot off the gas, whatever. It's, a, it's always a weird situation in this game, in games like this, because it's not like the players that are out there aren't doing their best to win. But when matched up against the first string Miami Dolphins defense, you wouldn't think that the Bills reserves on offense would be able to win, or at least you would Let's hope, hope not. You hope would hope not. not. Yeah. Now on the other side of the ball, Things have gotten a little bit interesting, Mike, because it sounds like we have some breaking news as we record this on Thursday afternoon that Ryan Fitzpatrick was not at practice for the Dolphins today. And now there hasn't been any official reason given, but we also heard on, it was Monday or Tuesday, that the Dolphins had started Jake Rudock beginning the protocols to be cleared to join from the uh, to be to be cleared to join the team, he was sort of the emergency quarterback for the Dolphins, and they started him on the protocols to be tested every day for five days. And as long as those tests are negative, he can then join the team. And that raised some red flags to people because, well, what what does that mean? Does Tua have COVID? Does Fitzpatrick have COVID? As far as we know, at this point, it is not a COVID situation for the Dolphins quarterback, but something is going on that has prevented Ryan Fitzpatrick from being at practice. This obviously happened at the very beginning of the season. There was an issue where he had a family member pass away. Um, his mother, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his mother passed away, and so he ended up ended up not being able to join the team at practice that week. And we've got a similar. I don't know if, what the situation is right now, but something here's is the latest. Away. Here's the okay, latest from the, it, Mi- from the Miami Herald. Jake Rudock was at practice today. The three quarterbacks at practice were Jake Rudock, 
Reed Senate, and obviously to Utunga Vailoa. Uh, per Barry Jackson, the team indicated that Fitzpatrick is not injured. Now, not injured's good. I guess that technically still it could still mean COVID. I guess that's really not an injury. Um, right. But we don't know. We don't know what this is. I don't even want to guess. So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out here between now and Sunday. The fact he wasn't at practice on Thursday, I would guess the team is now flying out on Saturday. They'll have either a walkthrough on Friday or some sort of light practice. We'll see. But this is something worth following because, you know, all week we've been talking about the split. Uh how long the starter-reliever le- situation. The starter-reliever split. How long is the leash for Tua Tunga-Vailoa? Well, if Ryan Fitzpatrick's not there, the leash is long because he's he's the guy. You he's know, flying he's without it. a net this in that it. case. That's it. There's no net. It's him. Uh, but we'll see. I, we have no idea what this means. The team hasn't even announced the signing yet of Jake Rudock. Maybe they will later Thursday. Maybe they'll do it Friday. Who knows? But Rudock was at practice on Thursday, and Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't. That's all we know. So it could be as, as simple of an explanation as Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, had an extended chiropractor's appointment after that horrible neck torque that he had on, on Saturday night. Um, it could be just trivial, or it could be a situation where two is out there flying with no net on Sunday, and that is... I think a perfectly fine situation because listen, at this point in the season and, and we've been sort of banging this drum all year, obviously, yes, you want the dolphins to win this game on Sunday. You want to go to the playoffs and get into that tournament. And then anything can happen at that point. But having Tua out there for a full football game where the postseason is on the line with no net is a great opportunity for him to go out there and, and show us what he's got especially after, you know, bou- you know, an opportunity to bounce back after being benched in the fourth quarter of that game against Vegas on Saturday. So what does that mean? Will he, will he bounce back? Will he respond? I guess that's what we're going to see unless we find out something in the next, you know, 48, 72 hours that says, oh, it was nothing. Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. The, the, if you're looking at the clues that we have so far, it doesn't seem good because it seems like the Rudock like that Rudock was being brought in earlier in the week only for the third time news. this year. More, oh, breaking, more breaking news as we record. Great. Go for it, Mike. From the Miami Herald, Jake Rudock is officially signed to the 53-man roster and per Adam Beasley, this is his words, not mine. This is not good. Oh my. So this is this is a very odd situation. I mean, normally we record in the evening on Thursday. We're recording because it's New Year's Eve as we record. We're recording in the middle of the afternoon. So we've got breaking news happening in the middle of the show. So we can really only speculate as to what this means. But it seems like things are trending towards Ryan Fitzpatrick not being available for the Dolphins on Sunday. And okay. I have more. I have more. Oh, and there's more breaking news. There's more. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off. No, this is good. Um, this is good. This is it's, so it's, the Miami Dolphins will have three quarterbacks on a 53-man roster on Sunday, unless Fitzpatrick, who was totally healthy and practiced in full on Wednesday, is not on the 53 come Sunday. No clarity yet on the reason for Fitzpatrick's absence. So clearly, it's not COVID and it's not an injury. This is something else. 
What that something right. else is, once again, we're not going to guess. But he was healthy and did a full participant in practice on Wednesday. This is very sudden. But again, they did bring in Jake Rudock at the beginning of the week after the Raiders game. So I'm wondering if it's something we can, I don't even want to speculate, but it seems like it's something off the field with Fitzpatrick, maybe yeah. something in his family of some sort that is going to occupy his time here. Yes. But Jake Rudock's on a 53-man roster. He will most likely, he will either be active on Sunday or he'll be inactive, but he's on the roster. So I think it's there. a situation where all you can do is just hope that whatever it is, is not something that is too serious. Obviously, at the end of the day, football is football, and everything off the field is a little bit more important than what happens on the field. So hopefully, if there's something serious going on off the field, hopefully it resolves itself in a way that is positive and that everybody is okay. And so obviously, we're sending best wishes to Ryan Fitzpatrick and whatever it is that he is dealing with. And But ultimately... I guess what this does boil down to is that it seems clear to us is that this is a situation where this is going to be Tua's show on Sunday. And it's going to be up to Tua, whether he's up against the the first string Buffalo defense or not. Uh, Chan Gailey is going to have to call an entire game for Tua Tungavailoa, and the Dolphins are going to have to find a way to win with Tua at quarterback, like they've done most of the time when he's been the the starter. So let's talk about what that looks like. To me, it looks like very much like what the Dolphins have done in these last couple of games. And it's, it starts with establishing the run game. The Dolphins got a huge boost with Miles Gaskin coming back. And, uh, you know, he was just so much very more breaking news, more breaking news. This is unbelievable. This This is an unprecedented. And this is the one we feared. This is the one we feared. Tom Pelissaro, the NFL Network. Ryan Fitzpatrick tested positive for COVID-19 and is out for Sunday's game. Oh, my. It is official. Okay, so there it is. Ryan Fitzpatrick has tested positive for COVID-19, and hopefully it is a mild case. Hopefully he's able to recover. Hopefully he did not infect anybody in the full practice on Wednesday because this could be a Cleveland Browns-type situation where guys start dropping like flies now. Yeah, this Let's could be a, this could end up being very, very bad where it's yep. not just Fitzpatrick. It could end up being a situation where Tua gets infected and Tua is not available. So this is obviously uh, not not a good situation here for the Dolphins. Um, but as it comes down to as of now, as we you know, and who knows, in 24 hours, this might all be completely obsolete information. But right now it appears that it's just Fitzpatrick. Tua is going to be your starter on Sunday. So how do the Dolphins move forward with uh, Tua at quarterback. What is the key offensively? To me, it starts with running the ball and establishing that ground game and allowing that to open things up for Tua in the passing game. Mike, I know you've talked at length about how having Devontae Parker back is going to be a huge thing in this game for the Dolphins if he's clear to go. So what are your thoughts about what the Dolphins need to do offensively as news is breaking here at a mile a minute in the middle of our recording session? <laughs> I know, really, this is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, run the football is number one, first and foremost, and they need... My take on Parker is we knew the first few years of his time in Miami, he missed a lot of games, and from reports we've heard and from people I've even when I've been down there, some of the stuff you probably could have played through. Last year, he played all 16 games. This year, he's really only missed two games. He left a few games earlier. But he has been sort of the model player the past two seasons. My hope for Parker this week is 
I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know how bad he's hurt. I don't know what's in his head. Dress up, suit up, and be active. And put out the visual of him being dragged off the field. Because if not, it's going to look very poorly on him. And I don't know if this fan base will ever forgive him. So I think he'll be, I hope at least, I shouldn't say think. I hope that he is dressed and active for this game. And even if it's just as a decoy, get him out there for a few snaps and hopefully he can go. Because to me, we are so weak at wide receiver right now. People can mock the loss of Jakeem Grant. Grant was at least somewhat of a threat. Yes, he dropped a few balls, we know, haha. But he was at least somewhat of a threat at wide receiver. Without him in the mix, it's really thin. Really he at least was some group. sort of stretch the field exactly. guy. Exactly. He, he made a few catches and he moved the chains here and there. With him gone, if there's no Parker as well, that just, it's an, it allows the Bills and any team we play to just stack the box and make it easier for them to stop the running game from the Miami Dolphins. But first and foremost, get Miles Gaskin going and get him going because when he – is on the field, and he plays well. This team scores points, and they win. And that's the big part. But hopefully Parker can play some, if not in full, and just be totally healthy. We don't know. And that gives at least the passing game more of a more options, more of a threat. And I just think do what works. Use the tight ends. The short passing game, when it is working, it works well. Get the tight ends involved. But... You can't stray and be what you're not. So I know everyone wants to blame Chan Gailey. Throw it down the field. Throw it to who? There's nobody who can run that route. We have two converted quarterbacks learning wide receiver on the fly. Isaiah Ford we try to get rid of. He's back because we just need warm bodies. Mac Hollins, you know, won't be winning any 100-yard foot races anytime soon. People just say, just throw it long. There has to be someone who can run that route. We don't have anybody who can run that route. Do what works. Stick to your bread and butter. You're not going to revamp an offense or change who you are in week 17. So run the ball and get the ball in the hands of the guys who can make plays and just stick to what you do best. And that's all they can do. And hopefully, look, with no Ryan Fitzpatrick, do we expect the young quarterback to now all of a sudden overnight start throwing the ball down the field probably not I mean he'll throw it down the field some if there's somebody open but he's not going to try and you know throw wide receivers open or force that because that's not who he is yet maybe in a year or so he is not right now so I don't expect him to change overnight just do what works hopefully we can get a lead and just sort of grind out the clock that would be ideal this that would week. be perfect uh, because we know there's no Fitz magic coming in the game at any point to save the day that is now off the table. So, and we don't want, last thing I'll say, we don't want to be in a case where we're playing catch-up with Tuatunga Vailoa being blitzed every play, under pressure, and just totally rattled. Because we've seen that in the game against the Broncos. We saw that in the game against the Raiders, and it did not go well. Yeah. So, we, we he needs to play from in front. We need to get a lead for him. Because I think when he plays from in front, he's more comfortable and we could run our style of offense and not be forced to run a style we just don't have the resources for. Yeah, and I think what has been established now by Denver, and we saw it with uh, Marinelli ran this out on Saturday with the Raiders, is that there is now sort of a book on how you keep Tua off balance. 
I guess what my question is, and it's the big question mark as we go out into Sunday, is does the fact that Fitzpatrick is not available, and we're going to know that going into the game, does that force Chan Gailey's hand in how he approaches the game with Tua. We know that Tua is a much more effective quarterback when he's running an up-tempo offense and he's running things no huddle and he's able to sort of be get be moving and not having to sit and run this kind of slow offense where he's waiting on these long drawn out sweep plays to develop and he, you know with the play action that that is not his game his game is more up tempo and let's read it right away and let's see how where things are we know that one of the problems is the dolphins receivers typically don't create the separation so that is a difficulty in running that kind of quick fire offense but tua is much more effective when that's how they run things so will Chan Gailey be a little bit more aggressive in how he approaches this game and how he approaches calling this game for Tua, knowing now that they don't have that security blanket in the fourth quarter to to bring into the game. Because listen, if things are going pear-shaped for Tua Tungavailoa, you're not going to pull Tua and bring in Jake Rudock. You're not going to do that. You ready to jump off a bridge? I have more news. Oh, is it Tua? Does Tua have COVID? No, not yet. Adam Beasley from the Miami Herald. Sometime in the last 24 hours, Ryan Fitzpatrick tested positive. Since he practiced yesterday, the Dolphins are obviously now going through contact tracing. We should know pretty quickly if Tua had close contact, and which would result in him if, in him also going on the COVID list as well. So, the Miami Dolphins... Let's just say... This week is now blown up for the Dolphins. Hopefully Tua was not in close contact. If he was, being that we are Thursday at, at the time we are recording this, one thirty, he might be out as well for Sunday. And um, that would not be ideal. I don't care who the Bills sit at that yeah. point. Well, at that That's point, less it's... an ideal. And I don't see the NFL moving games because they have playoff games on Saturday. So there's going to be teams who play Sunday who automatically have a short week. And yeah. to move this game to Monday... One, it's just a day. I'm not sure that's going to change much of anything. And they can't move it out to Tuesday, honestly, because that's not fair to the teams they're playing. So this, well, the only uh, the only situation that I could see where so it it does it does seem inc- like extremely likely that two is going to be a close contact, and that at the very least he's going to have to go on that what that five day isolation period, yep. um, which would rule him out for Sunday's game at this point as it's Thursday. Um, it seems highly likely that that is the case. Um, if if he is deemed a close contact, so then you're looking at a situation where Jake Rudock is your starting quarterback on Sunday, and that turns everything upside down. If that is what happens, if you were a Dolphin fan hoping that somehow, some way this game gets postponed, the only way that that is going to happen is if it is, if it is, if basically if there's a complete COVID outbreak on the Dolphins locker room and that it's an uncontrolled spread and that you get a situation where the Dolphins have continuous cases every day leading up until Sunday. And if that's the case, that is the situation where the NFL says, okay, we're going to delay this game. And they, they, they've got that scenario where if ironically, if that happens, the Dolph, if, if they end up postponing this game and forcing it to a quote unquote week 18, the Dolphins automatically make the playoffs because then they're adding that eighth playoff team. But True. I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, and I certainly hope 
for the health and safety of everybody within the Dolphins organization that there isn't an uncontrolled COVID outbreak suddenly. No, that. But that is the situation where that is the only situation where you're looking at this game being postponed. Otherwise, you could be looking at a situation where you've got Jake Rudock, which, you know, and for the Dolphins perspective, Thank God it's a situation where it's Jake Rudock and not a situation where Lynn Bowden is going to have to play wide receive or play quarterback for the Dolphins on Sunday. Lynn Bowden and Malcolm Perry. <laughs> you know. Throwing to themselves. <laughs> so this is obviously a nightmare scenario for the Dolphins as it pertains to their ability to compete in this game on Sunday. And it's kind of blowing everything up as far as our plans. Our, we had plans to go through our hashtag one hot takes here. And I think most of those are going to be kind of out the window right now because we we just don't know what the situation is going to be as we record here on Thursday afternoon as far as who the Dolphins are even going to have available for them. It just seems exceedingly unlikely if, but I mean, if Ryan Fitzpatrick tested positive today, I guess the only other scenario is that could end up being a positive for the Dolphins is if this was somehow a false positive, he tests negative tomorrow and then everything is okay. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems, uh, yeah, this just seems like a messy worst case scenario for the Dolphins heading into this game against Buffalo. You couldn't have written a worse script, especially so late in the week. Um, once again, though, it is what it is. A lot of teams have had to go through this this year. Obviously, Week 17 is not the time you really want to go through something this major. Dolphins have been very good about They've had guys go on the COVID list and come off relatively quick. A few guys went on a little bit longer than others, but nothing, nothing dramatic like a huge outbreak, which we've seen on some teams like the Raiders, like the Ravens had that mess for a while. Tennessee, <coughs> excuse me, Tennessee had that mess for a while and all that stuff. This is... Uh, more random in Miami, just here and there popping up. Just, you know, pretty much any other position aside from quarterback would have been, let's just say, livable. Um, quarterback's the one spot, though, which, wow, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I'm stunned. I mean, not stunned in that it happened to Miami, just stunned that, yeah, I guess stunned that it happened to Miami on the – not the eve, but a few days before the biggest game this organization's had in many years. Yeah, it's it's just a like like I said, absolutely worst case scenario or, or worst timing. It really is bad. It's a nightmare scenario for the Dolphins where they could find themselves without uh, definitely without one of their quarterbacks, possibly without both of their quarterbacks, and that you're behind an eight ball and you're already in a very tough situation. And then it really becomes about grit and fight for this team. And is there a way that they can still go in against Buffalo? And then it's it really, it almost becomes, can you go into Buffalo and win a preseason game with, you know, with the guys that are left on your roster? Because that's what it's going to be. I mean, if the Dolphins are without Tua and Fitzpatrick, it's almost a certainty. Then at that point, I would think that McDermott's going to rest his guys. Cause why? Why, if you're not going up against a team with a quarterback, why are you going to put your strongest possible offense out there? And so if there's any kind of silver lining in this, it is that it's this week 17 situation and Buffalo doesn't have a ton to play for. And it seems like if the Dolphins are already weakened coming in, that maybe that is all the more incentive for Buffalo to sort of take their foot off of the gas as far as their starters are concerned. Um or it's or you know 
we, or it could be that, you know, Sean McDermott is just going to say, oh, no, oh, no, we're going to now really bring the pain. There's blood in the water. And now we're going to swarm and really bring it to the Dolphins. I don't know. Adam but- Beasley, here's what Adam Beasley's now saying. The fact that Tua practiced today on Thursday is encouraging. And these are his words. But I have no idea how long that tracing process takes. But we will all know an answer by Friday at the latest. Yeah, it seems like this is going to be one of those situations where news is rapidly developing because at this point, stay, stay close they're going to, to Twitter. <laughs> they're going to go through their contact tracing and they're going to obviously increase testing for everybody. This is a situation where they're going to, um, I, I think you, they've got the rapid test that they're doing to every with everybody every day. And then when those tests come back positive, they go to those other kinds of tests that are a little bit uh, more reliable as far as making sure that this is how they rule out the false positives. And so I'm sure that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be going through that process here. And hopefully, if you're a Dolphin fan, uh, that is what you're hoping for in this case, is that he ends up being a false positive. Because that would, you know, that would in turn mean that everybody can go off of the sort of close contact list and you don't have to have the chaos that that would bring. Um, We saw how that affected Cleveland last week. And and that was just in their wide receiver and wide receivers. receivers, And this is this is your quarterbacks. And we've seen how that can adversely affect a team. We saw that with the Ravens earlier this season. We also saw that with Denver as well. It was much worse with the much worse with the Broncos. Lamar had. COVID and like he was the only quarterback that was affected in Baltimore. So maybe this is a situation where, you know, hopefully they were far enough apart that Fitzpatrick was the only one who was affected by it. Um, and everybody else in the Dolphins was not close contacts. They don't have to sit out this game. At least that's what we're going to say at this point. Obviously, this is a rapidly developing situation and news is going to continue to come out even after this uh, podcast is released. Obviously, this changes the plans for the episode. Um, you've still got Aaron's preview of the game as outdated that, that as that may be. You have our <laughs> thoughts on this game as outdated as that may be. But ultimately, now the entire story as you go into Sunday is... Um, the idea of whether or not the Dolphins are going to have their first string. The question was previously, are Buff- is Buffalo going to play their starters? And now it's like, how many starters are the Dolphins going to have left? And Here's a positive spin. Here's a po- No, it's not news. It's a positive spin, which seems logical. And it comes from Armando Salguero, the Miami Herald. This seems very logical and hopefully would rest. Well, it's not going to ease any nerves of Miami Dolphins fans, but he wrote Ryan Fitzpatrick, his COVID test results came back positive before today's practice. And the Dolphins, they allowed Tua Tungavailoa to practice today. Seems logical, seems logical that Tua was not deemed a close contact. So that, does it calm our nerves completely? No, but it, that seems logical to me that the fact they knew before practice started, Fitzpatrick had this that they didn't cancel the practice and they didn't have any fear with Tua Tungavailoa out there practicing with the rest of the team. So that does seem logical, like he says, Armando. And right now, all eyes are on number one in Miami because we were talking about Parker before. That just became secondary. We can win with, I mean, it's harder to win without Parker, without Ryan Fitzpatrick and without Tua Tungavailoa. No offense. If we have to go out there with Jake Rudock or Reed. 
Reed, Sinet. I don't care who the Bills sit. We ain't winning this game. Period. End of story. We're j- let, let's just be realistic about life. We're not winning that game. No. If- but if we have two up, there's a chance. I don't care who he's throwing to. We have a chance. Absolutely. If if Tua ends up testing positive, I'm going to go out and get myself a Mason Rudolph jersey because it's going to be <laughs> that's going to be what we're counting on to get the Dolphins well, into the playoffs. The I would think with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, this isn't him having a close contact. He has COVID, which means he's not just out this week. Should they make the playoffs, he's out for the playoff game too. I believe is how this works. I might be wrong it's on that. Ten days. It's is a it ten, ten day window, and well, he would have to. He would have to, he, and he would have to, I believe it's at least 10 days, and then he would have to test out of it, and so it seems like... Seventh, okay, so next Thursday, so if he failed today, the 31st, the seventh is a week, eighth, ninth is Saturday, that's nine days is the ninth, tenth day would be a Sunday, I'm thinking he's out next week. Yeah, if, there's no way that if, he would be available. Advance. No. And he would, and so, right, even if the, if the Dolphins advance, he would have no practice with the team over the course no. of the week. So this would, this is a situation where unless the Dolphins get to the divisional round of the playoffs, Fitzpatrick is, uh, uh, is, <laughs> is not going to be part of the team as part as they, as they go into the playoffs. So well, the, hopefully go into the playoffs. Well, so it, obviously, let's be honest. Let's be honest, too. Just one last thing. Let's be honest. His contract's up with his team after this year. If he decides to hang it up, if he decides to sign somewhere else where he gets an opportunity to play, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's not technically the final play because there's also a spike involved. His last play with the Dolphins would have been, his last real play with the Dolphins would have been that pass to Matt Collins to beat the Raiders. What a, what a way to go out. What a legacy. <laughs> what a way Ryan to go Fitzpatrick. out. Especially if he hangs up and retires. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to, like we said, we're going to keep a close eye on this situation. Um, I don't know what the scenario is uh, as far as whether we'll be able to do uh, breaking news audio for you here. Um, maybe Mike will be able to do his Instagram lives, all of those things. If, if things continue to develop here, all we know at this point is that hopefully it goes no further than Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins are still in with a shot to to win this game on Sunday. Um, come hell or high water, there will be some way that they can find a way to get into the playoffs. If if this thing starts to spread, there's two scenarios. One is that it 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 spreads and there are other positive tests within the team and then there's an outbreak and then all hell breaks loose and perhaps the NFL ends up having to postpone this game. That is a positive. You you hate to say you hate to break it down like this, but if, if it is a a situation where there are a bunch of positives and they have to postpone the game, we know that the NFL is going to do everything in their power to postpone this game as long as possible. There's also a possibility that the game never gets played because if they have to postpone this game, Right. If they like postpone it to Monday or Tuesday because of, you know, whatever, whatever reasons, because the Dolphins have keep having players test positive, but results happen on Sunday from these other games that basically means, well, I guess they're going to have to play this game anyway, because Buffalo's position and Miami's position are going to is going to have to get determined in some way. They're going to play the game because even if the game's not right. played, that means no players on either team gets a game check. And right. look, these games might not matter to us if there's an outcome one way or another, if they're already in the playoffs because, say, Pittsburgh 
beats the Browns. There's players on the Bills who aren't making a lot of money. You know, every team's got guys who make a lot. Every team's got guys who make a little. They need a game check. They, they're going to want a game check. And they're yeah. not going to be like, oh, keep the game check. I don't care. That's not how life works. They're going to want a game check. This game's getting played. Come hell, come hell or high water. Might not be in the most ideal situation for Miami. I think it was a dumb rule to set up anyways where if the game's not played, these guys don't get paid because of the crazy circumstances of the virus in this year. But that's how it's set up. So the Bills are going to want their game checks. And I don't blame them. I would too. They didn't do anything wrong. Not that it, not that Fitzpatrick did anything wrong, but they want to get paid. Yeah, obviously. And the the negotiations over this were so crazy. And the NFL waited for the last possible second to try to figure out what their plans were going to be. And I, that's a whole other conversation that I don't want to get yeah, into no, at no, this no. point. All we know is this is what the situation is at the moment. And hopefully, from a Miami Dolphins perspective, it goes no further than this. Ryan Fitzpatrick has tested positive for COVID on Wednesday before Thursday's practice. Tua practiced on Thursday. And it seems like, for now that he is still on track to play on Sunday. Will that change? Who knows? But that's where we are at the moment. And for all of the people, national media, local media, it's parts of the fan base that question, is Tua the guy? Should we have took Justin Herbert and all that stuff? There is one way to shut that up forever. If Tua is healthy and can play Sunday, let's – Go with that assumption. Just go out there and win this game, and nobody's going to be talking about taking a quarterback at number three. We're going to put all that to bed. Nobody's going to talk about, yeah, should we have tucked Justin Herbert? I think you'll put that. If he goes out there and plays well and wins the game with no Ryan Fitzpatrick safety net, uh, he might come in and save the day. If he goes out there for four quarters and wins the game, he will endear himself to all fans at all. And certainly, you know, most normal, level-headed fans of Dolphins, roofer to want to do well. We know there's that segment of the fan base that, not rooting for him to fail, but like, see, we screwed up. We should have took someone else. Let's take someone else this year. Though, you can shut that group up by just going out, playing well, winning a big game, leading Miami to the playoffs. So that's what we are all hoping for, and let's hope that's how this plays out. I, I hope, I hope that you are correct although i i think you and i both know that there is a certain segment of the dolphins fan population that would absolutely turn around and say oh yeah good go ahead and have a great big game against buffalo's backup defense in the week 17 where they sat everybody yeah Yeah, really great performance let's go justin fields come on (laughs) we know that those people exist out there yeah anyway That um, is going to wrap us up for this episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show. Just again, a reminder to make sure that you are following Mike on Twitter at Dolphins Talk. Follow the show at Same Old Dolphins. I'm at at Amplified to Rock. My brother is at Aaron the Brain. And make sure that you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information, especially as it is continuing to break here over the next 24, 48, 72 hours. I have a feeling that this is a situation where we're going to be getting up-to-the-minute news all the way to kickoff whenever that is. Either if it's on Sunday or some other time, we're, this news is going to be continuing to develop. So stay close to DolphinsTalk.com and stay close to Twitter as well. In the meantime, while all this news is happening all around you, I hope that you are also able to celebrate 2020 finally going away. We're moving past 2020 now that it has given one last special middle finger to Miami Dolphins fans. Um, 
we can kiss 2020 goodbye and move into 2021 with a positive attitude because friends, Miami Dolphin fans, the future continues to be bright for this franchise. It's a great time to be a Miami Dolphin fan. So let's enjoy the ride and have a very, very happy new year. And as always, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air.